Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Workday Physique. I'm your host as usual, Ajitesh. For today's episode, I want to talk a bit about understanding your own behavior in order to create desirable outcomes. When I talk about desirable outcomes, I'll try to keep the episode narrowed down to weight loss related outcomes. But whenever we talk about anything that is desirable, we usually mean things that will increase our quality of life, that will bring us more satisfaction, that will improve our level of happiness. So when you say that you want to achieve your weight loss goals, it's usually not the reduction in the weighing scale number that is driving you towards it. It is the other things which come uh, with achieving that number that is desirable for you. So things like I will be able to go to events and do things which I currently hesitate to do. I'll be able to wear those outfits which I'm not able to wear right now or which I'm not comfortable wearing right now. I'll be able to go to social gatherings and get photos of myself clicked without having to think twice about it. So these are the outcomes that you're seeking to achieve that at least most people are looking to achieve when it comes to achieving their I'm saying achieve too much. (laughs) When it comes to reaching their weight loss goals, these are the outcomes which people are actually uh, desiring for, aspiring for. So weight loss at a physiological level is actually a very simple process. And most people are not able to reach their weight loss goals, not because they're physiologically broken. So people like to say things like my metabolism is so slow, that's why I can't lose weight. That is rarely the case. And in fact, if your doctor has not diagnosed you with a specific medical condition, you most likely have a perfectly fine metabolism. All right. In fact, let me tell you this. If you're currently overweight, you probably have a faster metabolism than someone who is of normal weight, because as your body mass goes up, your metabolic rate also goes up because that is a function of how much mass you have in your body. So most likely you have a slightly faster metabolism than someone of normal body weight and not the other way around. All right. So you need to stop uh, limiting your own self by creating false assumptions around your own physiology. And if if a doctor has told you that you have a metabolic condition, you'll be under sorry, you'll be under medication for treating that condition. Okay. For most people, Weight loss is a behavioral problem and not a physiological problem. At a physiological, as a physiological, <laughs> at a phys, at a, what is wrong? At a physiological level, weight loss is as simple as eating less and moving more. But still, why are people not able to lose weight? In fact, I was going through the National Family Health Survey, the fifth edition recently, And the statistics showed that the proportion of people, men, women, as well as children who are obese has gone up compared to the fourth edition of the National Family Health Survey. So this is a cause of concern because obesity rates are increasing. And despite it being a very simple process, people are not able to achieve their weight loss goals. So it is usually things like I'm not able to control my cravings around food. I'm not able to stay consistent with my food habits, with my exercise habits, with my nutrition, with my sleep. 
these are the things which are holding people back from achieving their weight loss goals. It is not that they lack some kind of a magical supplement, access to some kind of magical supplement, some kind of magic pill, some secret sauce. It is, it is never things like that. And if you look into the market, you'd see that most products, most services out there, they're trying to solve a problem from a place, uh, from, from a wrong place, from, they're trying to address the problem where it doesn't exist. So the other day I was looking at this very scammy product so there's some startup which is selling a continuous glucose monitor as some kind of fitness device it is supposed to apparently help you improve your health by letting you continuously monitor your blood glucose levels which absolutely makes zero sense for someone with a healthy metabolism someone who is not diabetic continuous glucose monitors are a device which is used by diabetic patients um, under the supervision of their doctors to monitor their blood glucose levels. But for healthy individuals, this device has no purpose. But this startup, they have kind of rebranded it and, and they are marketing it as some kind of, you know, magical fitness device, which is not the case. So there are a lot of products like that, which are being marketed falsely for a different purpose. And there are also products which do absolutely nothing. For example, those slimming bells that you have, those slimming drinks that you can drink, slimming supplements, these things don't work at all. So these things are there. And then there are obviously other things like magical diets, crash diets, uh, diets which are supposed to help you lose 10 kgs in one month, all right? So all of these different things, they're addressing my nose is a little bit runny today. I'm so sorry. So all of these different things, they are trying to address the problems from a physiological place. They're trying to tell you that maybe your metabolism is broken. Oh, maybe you're just not eating the right foods. Maybe you should eliminate these foods and eat more of these foods. But it is rarely that which is the case. When it comes to weight loss, the food related decisions are very easy to make. It is sticking to those decisions, which is difficult. All right. And I'll try to address a few things, which I hope will let you get more clarity, because ultimately, if you're not able to modify your own behavior when it comes to your food and exercise habits, you'll not be able to achieve long term weight loss results. So whenever we are trying to achieve something which we currently do not have, whenever we are going trying to get to a place where we are not at currently, it requires us to undertake some kind of journey, undertake some kind of actions which are not comfortable for us, things which we are not used to doing. And it is only by facing our discomfort, facing our fears, facing the unusual that we acquire the tools that we learn the processes that let us experience the quality of life that we desire. So it is never from a place of comfort that we are able to achieve those things. But at the same time, familiarity is what is comfortable and change is always scary, at least for the most, at least for most of us. So uh, when I talk about familiarity, I want to bring up another thing that people get i've seen people get very skeptical of whey protein supplements and i get asked this a lot that are whey protein supplements safe 
why do I need to take this protein powder? So a lot of people feel that whey protein is like this slimming product that when you take that, you lose weight and that is why you need to take it. But whey protein is just a protein supplement. So it is just, it's, it's a food product, all right? Whey protein is a milk byproduct. It's a byproduct of the cheese making process. And no, it is not harmful. And no, it is not dangerous. It is not uh, an artificially synthesized product. It is just a milk byproduct. So it is as harmful as dairy. It is as harmful as cheese, milk, yogurt. If you think that those foods are harmful, then probably yes. Whey protein is also harmful. But if those things are totally fine, according to your standards, then whey protein is also perfectly fine to consume. But it is because people are not familiar with whey protein supplements. That is why they get scared by by them. While you'd see a lot of fitness professionals, they give justifications like people are completely okay consuming alcohol, consuming deep fried junk food 24-7 and they're completely fine smoking cigarettes, but they are not okay eating whey protein supplements. What kind of craziness is this? But they fail to realize that it is because people are familiar with those things. People have been drinking alcohol for generations. They know what alcohol does to their body and they're okay uh, risking their health to a certain extent to enjoy the other benefits, if I might say, that come from consumption of alcohol, like the state of intoxication, if that is something they enjoy. But on the other hand, whey protein supplement is something which they don't, they're not familiar with. And that is not surprising because most people have really terrible diets. And especially in the Indian subcontinent, protein consumption is so low. Uh, whey protein supplements are not something which is part of most people's daily diet. And and that is why most people are not healthy. Most people are not in great shape. So this is something that people are not familiar with. And that is why they are scared to try it. It is just like if we go to some place which we have never been to and we are exposed to different cuisine, we are always a little bit cautious of like, is this going to be fine with my stomach? If I, if I eat a lot of that, will, will I be okay the next day? So it's always a question of familiarity. All right. But Coming back to our main topic, whenever you're trying to achieve something which is desirable, something that you don't have at the moment, it's always going to take some kind of change in order to get there. And change is always scary. Change is always uncomfortable. But in order to achieve the thing that is desirable, we have to. It is time for a short break. If you have liked the episode so far, please take a moment to pause and share it with just one friend. The podcast has been growing rapidly all thanks to your support and you sharing it is what lets me impact the lives of more people like you. Thank you in advance. Now back to the episode. Embrace the discomfort. And here is a behavioral economics concept that I would like to talk about. It is known as the sunk cost fallacy. So the sunk cost fallacy, it describes our tendency to follow through on an endeavor if we have already invested time, effort or money into it, whether or not the current costs outweigh the benefits. So in order to make it easy for you to understand, it is usually when you have the things 
when you're doing something and you have this mindset that I already started, so I might as well keep going. So if you're someone who is currently pursuing some kind of course, maybe you were pursuing some kind of degree and midway through the degree, you realize that this is not something that I want to do, but uh, you have this thought that I've already spent two years doing this. I've invested so much money in this. I might as well continue. All right. There are people who have been in relationships for a very long term, very long time, and they know that it's not working out and maybe the relationship is toxic for them, but they still stay in the relationship because they feel that they've invested so much time and energy into this person, into this relationship that they should probably, you know, make it work. But the reality is that the sunk cost fallacy, the cost of not making the change, the cost of not taking action when you come to the realization is usually higher than the, and than the amount that you have invested in, in the relationship, in the education, in whatever you're doing right now at the moment. So if you feel that 20 years have gone by, I've, I'm already out of shape and you know, there is no point making a change right now. You are wrong. There is always benefit to making a change. And the cost that you will have to bear by not making a change is always greater than the amount that you have invested so far in your life um, to get to your current state. So that is the sunk cost fallacy. So I would like you to keep that in mind whenever you have this thought the next time that Maybe it is too late to make a change. It is never too late to make a change. It is a fallacy that we have when we think about things in that way. So think about it from that direction. The other day, I was also listening to a podcast episode where Dr. Andrew Huberman, he was a guest. And Dr. Huberman, he's a he's an associate professor in the Department of Neurobiology at Stanford University. And I'm quite a big fan of his work which mostly revolves around human behavior. So on this podcast, he was talking about how discomfort and situations which bring about adrenaline rush in our body, which bring about that fear response, which bring about that sensation of discomfort, how these situations are actually signals for taking action. A lot of people run away from such, such situations because they feel that, you know, it's a signal for them to get away from that place to a place which is more comfortable. But it is only by embracing those situations, by embracing the discomfort that you can get to a place where you feel better. Many people, they tend to approach things from a place of how they feel, from a place of perception. So that that is how they go about initiating things that do I feel good about this? Is this something that I'm comfortable with? And only when their mind says yes, that this is something that should make you feel good. That is when they approach and do the thing. But Dr. Huberman suggests that it should be approached from the opposite perspective, that when you feel discomfort, when you feel that this is something which is causing you fear, you should go and do the thing. And when you persist through the initial phase of discomfort, when you come out from the other end, you would have changed that perception in your head. You would be in a different place from an emotional standpoint, and you would feel better because you took that action and persisted through the discomfort. 
So instead of approaching things from a perspective of how you feel and then taking action, take the action and that will determine how you feel. So this was very insightful. And he also gave an example of David Goggins. If you haven't heard of David Goggins, I highly recommend reading his memoir, which is called Can't Hurt Me. And if you're currently going through a phase of demotivation, if you're currently feeling low, you should definitely listen to his story. Uh, why I say listen is because I, I listened to the audiobook and I did not read the book Can't Hurt Me. I actually prefer the audiobook over the written version because between the narration of the chapters, there is also podcast like sessions between David Goggins and the narrator where Goggins gives additional insights into what was happening in that chapter that they were, you know, that was being narrated earlier. So the audiobook version of the book is superior, in my opinion, for this particular book. I would highly recommend it, especially if you're someone who is in a low place at the moment. So Dr. Huberman also gives the example of David Goggins. So David Goggins was in the Huberman lab and they have the simulation where they simulate an environment where you are surrounded by sharks. So they have this VR simulation kind of thing where they test like your, they, they, they plug you into machines and they test like your brain signaling and all of that. So uh, when David Goggins went to the lab, they told him about the experiment and Goggins was very explicit that he did not like sharks. But when it came to starting the experiment, when they were asked to volunteer, when Dr. Huberman asked, like, who would like to volunteer first, David Goggins was the first to say that I'll go first. All right. And the results from the experiment also seem to suggest that David Goggins had somehow over the years through his life experience, through the way he had programmed himself, had become the person who would seek out discomfort voluntarily. That is just how his brain worked compared to regular people, normal people who would run away from such discomfort. And he had learned to channel that discomfort into pleasurable experiences. So when he goes and accomplishes things which seem difficult at the moment and he comes out of the other other end stronger, more resilient, that gives him a sense of satisfaction. And this is the kind of thing that you want to create for yourself in your life. So when you feel the discomfort for change, when you feel scared about doing something which will take you to a better place, instead of running away from it, embrace it. Because it is not motivation that leads to action. It is action that leads to motivation. When you put yourself in that place of momentum, it is only then that you can progress towards a certain direction because it's again like the law of inertia right a body at rest tends to stay at rest a body in motion tends to stay at motion so Sahil Bloom he talks about this a little bit that we should always strive towards having a bias for action so if you have two decisions to make one which lets you stay stationary one that creates a necessity for action always pick the thing which creates the necessity for action. Always try to have this bias towards action, bias for movement, because when you put yourself in motion, the momentum is going to carry you forward. So even when you don't want to show up for your workout, just put on your workout clothes, 
just show up at the gym maybe just walk for five minutes on your treadmill just do that all right and when you just do that five minute walk it will put you in that momentum and you may end up doing a one hour workout afterwards but if you have this humongous plan to do a 60 minute session or two hour session you may never end up going to the gym in the first place so just create that bias for action what is the first step that will put you in motion just go and execute that whenever you feel that something is going to create discomfort for you instead of running away from it face the discomfort because once you go through the process once you do the things which are making you uncomfortable you will feel a greater sense of satisfaction when you come out on the other side all right it is not by feeling good by feeling that uh, this experience is going to be a positive one and then taking action that will get you results it is approaching it from the other direction that this experience is something that i don't feel so comfortable doing but i'm going to do it regardless and once you are done with that the satisfaction that you achieve from that is what is going to make you feel better so the action is going to lead to a change in perception and it's going to change the way you feel overall so not feelings to actions actions to feelings all right so that is really the crux of today's episode so if you want to create desirable outcomes for yourself you need to understand how your own behavior works all right you need to understand that our default tendency is to stay where we are to stay at a comfortable place because our body our mind naturally biologically it likes homeostasis homeostasis something is wrong with my pronunciation always when i'm recording my podcast i tend to fumble over my words a lot i don't know why but anyway um our body likes homeostasis it likes to stay at a stable place and it doesn't like change all right that is why when you diet for a long period of time your weight eventually stalls weight loss eventually stalls because your body adapts its energy expenditure to meet the level of food intake that you're taking in so that is why when you go to a very hot environment you start sweating like I am right now because my AC is dead uh, and I cannot turn the fan on at full speed because it, it creates a lot of noise. But you start sweating because your body tries to cool itself down to its normal temperature. So that is homeostasis. So your body likes to stay at homeostasis and we don't like to do things that put us out of our comfort zone just because of this very reason our mind also doesn't like to do things which we are not used to we like to stay stable at a stable place but when we are not comfortable when we don't like to do you know when we don't like where we are the only way out is to do things which are uncomfortable because if you are already comfortable if you're already completely satisfied by being where you're at then there is never a motivation for action then there is no external force which can push you to lose weight to get in better shape it is only when you have a sense of agitation a sense of uh, discomfort a sense of anxiety or stress about your present situation that you will be motivated towards action so instead of running away from that sensation of anxiety sensation of stress embrace it go towards it ask yourself what is causing this discomfort and then take action to face it head on and that is what is going to lead to that place where you have the desirable outcome that you are aspiring for so if you like the episode please leave a rating on the podcast app that you're listening on right now 
and don't forget to hit that follow button or the subscribe button depending on the app so that you don't miss out on any future episodes. If you're currently struggling a bit to reach your weight loss goals by yourself and you think you'd benefit from a daily accountability system, someone to hold your hand and guide you throughout the process till you achieve your goals, then you should consider one-on-one coaching with Workday Physique. Visit workdayphysique.com to learn more. I'll see you again very soon. Until then, stay tuned, stay safe and stay consistent.